0: Welcome to the FedTech Innovator Podcast, bringing you the stories and journeys behind deep tech, innovation, and entrepreneurship. In each interview, we go behind the scenes with the entrepreneurs, scientists, and visionaries who are engineering the technologies of tomorrow, today. These journeys are unpredictable and full of learning. And whether you're an entrepreneur, researcher, or funder of innovation, our goal is to create a community where we can learn from each other as we all seek to change the world with technology. I'm Ben Solomon, and I'm the founder and managing partner of FedTech. Since 2015, we've been building a bridge between the R&D world and the venture world. Every year, we get to work with hundreds of companies and researchers who are changing the world through technology. In this podcast, we're going to share those stories with you from our friends and colleagues in deep tech. I'm coming to you from our headquarters in Arlington, Virginia, just across from the river from the nation's capital. So, hey, everybody, we are really happy to be joined by uh, one of our prestigious uh, FedTech Startup Studio alums here today. Um, Dr. Christelle, thank you for uh, uh, joining us. And uh, where, where are you calling in from today?
1: Uh, sure thing. I'm calling in from Houston, Texas today.
0: And uh, just tell us your story. So walk us through kind of your, your uh, career up to uh, participating in the Startup Studio, and then tell us about your company that you're working on now.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. So that's a lot. Let's, let's go. Um, basically my career, um, started off in psychology and, you know, I got my bachelor's in psychology and I thought I'd, you know, become a counselor. And then I realized, um, you know, I just kept tying everything back to the brain. So I studied neuroscience. I earned my doctorate in neuroscience. So I have a very rich, um, career in neuroscience. And then, um, once I earned my doctorate, I moved into cancer medicine and a variety of uh, medical fields and scientific fields. So i published a lot of papers, uh, you know, published the papers, got the (laughs) t-shirt, worked at a lot of like just, you know, top tier institutions, um, which was really, really great. Um, I also have a son. And for me, it was just um, a really important thing to prioritize my family. and um, and that kind of thing. So I started consulting and um, really liked the freedom that that provided me. Um, And during the pandemic, I was just kind of thinking like, "Hmm, what do I want to do with this? Like, how can I continue to grow? Um, Because really that's the constant in all of my career is that I've always just kept growing. Um, And so I heard about FedTech. And I just thought it was the coolest opportunity to just, you know, build a startup around technology that already exists, that's already been tested, um, and developed in the labs here, like either in the DOD or the DOE or NASA. And, um, I just thought it was really great. And I was going to be going into Rice's MBA program. So that way I would have like the background knowledge to be able to run and manage Um, anything that I started. And, uh, and yeah, so that's how I got into the FedTech program and was just really excited by all of the technologies that were available because we basically got a list. And um, (laughs) the number one, we were asked to rank the technologies and the number one technology for me, like, it was just hands down, obvious, um, self healing materials, I was just, all about it, um, and it didn't necessarily tie to the neurosciences or anything like that. But I'd been in a lot of scientific fields, so that didn't bother me any. I just saw so much opportunity with that. So, uh, yeah, that's why that well, started.
0: I have to ask, right? It's not everybody that's going to find uh, self-healing uh, materials necessarily, you know, to be the uh, the really? thing. That's
1: yeah, okay. Yeah. All
0: right. Also, <laughs> not that, and, and and what what made you interested? And yeah. Um, <laughs> Walk through a little bit. Yeah. So for those that are a little bit new to our startup studio model, what we typically do is work with a research partner, identify technologies in the research labs that we partner with. That's what um, Dr. Christel was, was kind of referring to as our, our list that we have our entrepreneurs rank. And then we do a, a pairing exercise after uh, what can be up to, you know, six to nine months of programming what often comes out, uh, the other side is, is a startup, um, that is licensing the technology like the one that we have here today. So, um, yeah, Dr. Crystal, if you could just, yeah, share sure. what made you interested in that technology? And then what was yeah. your journey in the cohort?
1: Um, well, to me, it seemed like a technology that could apply to a variety of industries and all of them were growing. Like if we're talking about electronics or if we're talking about, Oh my goodness, even equipment in the DOD or like let's talk about Artemis. There, there's so many applications for more durable equipment and materials um, that I just saw endless possibilities. And I am kind of a, a dreamer, right? Like I saw that technology and I was like, okay, we can make space suits We've that. we can uh make Iron Man suits. Um <laughs> like we can make prosthetics with self-healing skin on top of them. Like how cool would that be? Um, and I will go ahead and attribute that enthusiasm and love for science um, to my graduate advisor, Yvonne Delville. Shout out to Dr. Delville. Um, he has told me to always stay curious, um, to always be a scholar. Um, so I did jump into the literature and do a lot of reading on this technology as well. And to always stay enthusiastic and, um, and happy about what you're working with, and uh, and yeah, like I needed very little instruction on any of those with <laughs> the self-healing materials because I just think it's such a um, interesting technology and the the way that it was developed and the reason that it was developed to me was also very compelling um, because NASA developed this technology in particular because there are um, you know anytime you have electronics and, and wiring there's going to be some kind of issues with shorts if if they're in a hostile environment which Inside rockets is kind of a hostile environment. Yeah. Uh, out in space, definitely a hostile environment. And so, um, to me, it just seemed like <laughs> I kind of felt like, well, okay, they really need this. We at least have one customer, <laughs> right? It's a it's a big one. Um, but during the process of the startup studio, we were able to do a lot of customer interviews um, outside of like NASA applications and outside of DoD applications, and you know, in a lot of different um, industries. And so that was really helpful too.
0: Well, one of the things I think that we're most proud of in, in the way we run the studio is the inventor interactions that we, so we, I always think about it. We're a little bit yes. of our, um, a matchmaker, right? Between, you know, the amazing entrepreneurial talent out in the world like yourself, and then the researchers in our lab partners that we work so closely with, we're kind of the connective okay. issue between the two groups, but Share, share any experience that you had. So you'd mentioned that you'd, you'd worked with a, a NASA Kennedy, um, which is down uh, Cape Canaveral area in Florida. A researcher there. Describe like kind of how that process was, what those discussions, you know, looked like at the very start with your research partner.
1: Yeah, so basically with our research partner, um, we were able to, even when we were doing kind of like the customer discovery interviews and those kinds of things, just really kind of um, suss out what the technology could do, what it couldn't do, um, limitations, um, kind of areas for growth in the future, um, that could be, um, tested and developed as well. And so it, to me, that interaction was invaluable. Like you can't, <laughs> for me, I, I got very interested in, you know, the licensing of technology after this, because I, I started to see what was available. Um, but you can't, Get that interaction from a patent, like you know, say you license something, like that's really cool, and and you've got the paper in front of you. It, it it's nowhere comparable to actually being able to talk with you know the program manager, the inventor of the technology, and say like, hey, I have this idea. Like, what do you think of that? Like, um, I'll give you an example. So, um, for example, we thought, well, okay, well, maybe this could apply to pipelines, right? Maybe this is something where you know we can prevent you know, leaks and those kinds of accidents with pipelines. And we talked to the program manager and he said, well, okay, then, you know, the question that we have is pressure, right? Can it withstand the pressure? Because this technology that, um, this particular technology uses capillary flow to heal, um, any areas of damage. And so, um,
0: maybe, um, let's even like, let, let's just take a second and even break down like a little bit of. Yeah. Uh, So capillary flow, what does that mean? (laughs) What's, what's the. It
1: means means it's like, it's the same kind of concept as what happens when you have a cut on your arm. Right. So you don't necessarily, unless it's a really deep cut, you don't necessarily need to go in and stitch it. You just kind of, you know, like the healing agents (laughs) inside of your body will go to that area and just flow there. That there's no interaction that's needed. It's, it's just a capillary flow. So, um. Changing the pressure I think would have a big effect on that. So that was that was something that we talked about, but then we also talked about like uh, ways that we could kind of grow the technology as far as, you know, maintenance and those kinds of things. Um, we could um, put in a pigment as an additive. So that way it would be really obvious uh, which areas had already been uh, healed. So that can help in maintenance systems too. So yeah, those conversations were just really, really important for us.
0: Well, so the idea could be just to, to sort of make sure I'm understanding. So you have yeah. pipelines going through, you know, theoretically a very, you know, remote areas of the, of the, of the world. Right. Um, yeah. And, um, instead of having to send a maintenance crew, right out, out to fix, you know, leaks the, the, the um, material would actually heal, heal itself. itself. Yeah. Okay. Yes.
1: And so the concern with that application was the pressure, but, and I'm going to say it here first, um. In establishing this relationship, I'm going to get my little hands on self-healing metals as well. And they're not as dependent on that capillary flow uh, type pressure thing. So uh, we may be able to address that issue anyhow. Oh, great. Yeah. (laughs) That is so cool.
0: Well, and and I guess walk me through. So again, like we we really, um, the studio program was really kind of my brainchild, um, a bunch of years ago of, you know, pairing Wait, up. People. Thank you. Yeah, I don't, it, it's it's literally all the credit goes to you, you guys that, that do all the hard work. Um, but it, it's been interesting to see, like, we, we've definitely, we've expanded the amount of time that we have entrepreneurs in the program. We've expanded, yeah. you know, created a better set of, you know, deliverables and expectations, you know, engineering the interactions back to, with the lab, I guess, walk us through kind of your journey. Um, you know, even like what, what, what were maybe the the hard points, right? We definitely ask a lot of our entrepreneurs what was difficult. And then when did you start to really feel um, excited that there was a business here?
1: Um, So I guess just getting into the program, I felt really excited, um, especially knowing which technology I would have access to. And I, that was solidified. I think when I had conversations with, you know, the program manager and later on the, um, chemist that was the inventor as well, which he's retired and, um, enjoying his life, golfing, hanging out with the grandkids. And so just having like those conversations really, really, um, made me very excited about, um, the actual business that we're building. So, um, but as far as difficulties in the journey, I would say, (laughs) and I think, um, ish, the guy that was in charge of like our group already would know the answer to this. Like, I think it's, difficult to form the team, um, just because, you know, we're all adults. We all have like so many different things that we're doing. Like, you know, for me, I was consulting and like
0: <laughs>
1: in Rice's MBA program and doing this thing. And I think I was also kind of overlapping it with the fellowship in sustainability. So there was a lot going on. Um, and. Yeah, and family and everything. And, and so I think that was probably the most difficult part. Um, and so I really like that the startup studio kind of built us a team. Um, it didn't necessarily stay that way. And I think that's just part of the startup experience. And, sure. um, and just kind of has to be okay. Because there was a moment in time where it was just like me and the tech. <laughs> and you know like it was it was hard for me to like come into the meeting and be like yeah you guys like i i don't have a team anymore like what are we gonna do yeah um, guess but for me i think just personally like it, it's hard to be vulnerable and so <laughs> i was like no this is this is where it needs to happen and i was just like yeah i feel kind of lonely um, <laughs> cause like, this is really awesome tech and, um, a lot needs to happen and these interviews still need to happen and we still need to do the pitches to, to, um, NASA and everything. And, um, I'm like, I can do it by myself, but I definitely appreciate a team. Um, so yeah, so I think that is like the hardest part.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. What's well, it's interesting. Yeah. So we, and, and just for everyone that's, um, less familiar with the startup studio model. So what we do is. Usually, it's it's teams of three. Sometimes uh, we'll go bigger. Sometimes we'll go smaller. But we yeah. we often are introducing founders uh, for the very first time that have, have you know just never never met. You know, are coming from wildly different backgrounds. It largely goes you know well. I would say, um, and when it goes well, it's 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 magical, right? You know, we kind of <laughs> change yeah. the direction of folks' uh, lives together. Occasionally, it doesn't go as as well. You know, I think it sounds like that was the case here. Um, but what's often, you know, it, it, it's still, I think there's a lot of learning that comes along with even, even when, you know, the founding situations are, are less productive. Um, in this case, it sounds like you stayed with it, which is, is great. Um, but what, what did you learn? I mean, I'm just curious if, if you look back even on that early process of getting to work with brand new people, what, what, what would you bring kind of, if you did this again, what would, what, what would you bring to those interactions that you learned about going through it?
1: Um, I think that, let's see, what would I bring to that? Because I think that it's just a matter of of priorities, right? Um, and folks making this like their priority. And that's kind of something that you have to roll with within yourself. And, you know, I think maybe I would suss that out at the beginning if I could in a way. Um, but at the same time, I kind of feel like everybody felt like they were all in, (laughs) but it didn't necessarily work out that way. And, and some of it was external things too, like, okay, you know, somebody's in the reserves and they, they get called. Well, that's, that's real life. Um, and that's startups too, just like, um, you know, doing a pivot as far as, you know, what you're going to focus on for beachhead. Like that, that is part of being in startups. That is part of starting a company because. You may have one idea that you're going to start this way, but end up like me, um, kind of going into a completely different use case and that has to be okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. and I know you were successful. You, you negotiated a license with NASA, which is obviously the the goal. Um, tell us about that process. What, what did you have to go through? It, you know, people always picture that process being, I think harder than it actually is, but what was your experience? Yeah.
1: Uh, my experience is that it was a dream. It was a dream experience. <laughs> Can I say that? Like, and I, I would have to kind of, you know, put parentheses around like, all right, I, I didn't just wander in off of the street. <laughs> I definitely had had many conversations, you know, through the fed tech program in, um, you know, speaking with the program manager and then also with the tech folks as well. Um, so the process itself though, for the license, um you basically fill out an application, they ask you kind of questions about, you know, what you think you're going to go into for use cases. Um, And there are different kinds of licenses that you can get to, so we got advised on that as well. So for me, it was just easy breezy, very, you know, easy to understand. I think that if we had gone for an immediate exclusive or commercial license we would have had a very difficult time just because of the expectations with that because if you think about it if NASA has a technology and they say okay sure you can have an exclusive license well then you better be ready to (laughs) to really turn that that technology out immediately and all over the world right so I think that FedTech set us up really well in understanding that the expectations are different with uh, different types of licenses and understanding, like okay, if we get uh, an R and D type license, and that gives us a certain amount of time to kind of experiment and look at different use cases, and um, and the bar is is I guess in a lot of ways much lower as as far as capital that they expect and, and that kind of thing. So it was a really great experience.
0: That's great. Yeah. Well, our our, our NASA partners are wonderful, and I'm sure they'll be happy to hear that that was um, yeah it was easy for you and that's definitely their goal, but, um, yeah. so what, what, so what now? So you're, um, started a tech company. It's wonderful, you know, <laughs> a wonderful part of the life's journey, you know, what, what are you working on now? <laughs> what are the things that are, you know, do you feel like are still challenging? Um, just as you kind of launch to this next stage.
1: Yeah, so right now we're uh, developing our partnerships. And so that's kind of a really interesting process to learn as well. Um, There was a company that was interested in us, but then um, for us, it's important also to kind of match strategy with any company that we're working with because um, this is a brand new and awesome technology and it can be very useful in a lot of different industries. However, it's not necessarily something that you're going to compete on price. Like, obviously there's value there, right. And more durable equipment of any kind, but (laughs) you know, like if we're making a self healing textile, are we going to try to sell it for the cheapest possible at Walmart? Probably not. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So I think, you know, making sure that we're in alignment with the companies that we're working with, as far as our our strategy, Um, because that is tempting, right. To just kind of be like, well, what's the lowest we can go. but kind of, and, you know, that's important. And especially with the economy, that's definitely something that we consider. We, we want this to be accessible, but at the same time, we have to think of the best use cases and uh, the best and highest use of the type as well.
0: One, what do you, what do you sort of envision? So you mentioned, um, there's obviously the space use case, right. Which is, is often kind of under, right. That you government by nature, you know, when they develop a technology, like in this case, this self healing material, they don't Necessarily have a plan to produce it at scale, right? So if you wanted this to show up on every NASA-funded rocket launch, NASA doesn't necessarily have the ability to 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 do that. It's really a function of of industry to to produce that at scale. So pretty cool business opportunity. You can sell, you know, license sell right back to the government. But but for you, so so I know you're looking at that market. You're looking at you know oil and gas. what are some other kind of use cases that you're interested in, you know, even if you haven't fully explored them yet?
1: Oh, so basically the ones that we're probably going to go into first are, um, more like textiles. So, um, we mentioned the company that was interested in that and, um, our partnerships that we're currently forming. Um, one is an automaker. And so there are a few different use cases that they have for their equipment. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just generally uh, different kinds of equipment. There are um, plastics makers, too, that are very interested in the technology, and they get into all kinds of different industries. So they're talking about um, wiring insulation and talking about uh, smart home applications and um, all kinds of different applications. And, and so for us, that makes a lot of sense because that's exactly how I think of this technology, too. Just, like, think of any plastic. Um, it would be, it would be, you would be remiss to say, well, okay, I've got a plastic. Let me just go ahead and make rubber ducks for the rest of my life. Like, (laughs) right. There's so many different use cases. And so, um, definitely we're in talks with companies that produce plastics and other chemicals so that we can really get this technology out there.
0: Yeah. And really, I think it's, we've seen like four materials, uh, companies, it's, it's so important to have kind of channel partnerships that, that would be the product, you know, production, uh, bring that production capacity and bring that, that ability to have a distribution network. So that that's, that's great that you're already kind of thinking in those terms. Yeah. Um, And
1: what's really cool is a lot of the companies are contacting us. Um, one did so through Capital Factory, which, I'm I'm not sure if you've heard of them, but Um, Shout out to Capital Factory. We got into their um, portfolio. And so we're one of their portfolio companies. And that's how we got in touch with the automaker. And um, with the chemical company, they contacted us. Um, (laughs) So it's been, yeah. And the same with the textiles company, they contacted us. So I must be doing a decent job of marketing, I think. Um, (laughs) Because just the, the technology is so compelling and it's so needed. And I'm more than happy to provide that to folks.
0: Yeah, wonderful. That's great. Um when, and even, you know, go, going back in time a little bit. So it looks yeah. like I, I it sounds like you spent a lot of time in Austin. Um so you did it looks like both degrees there. Where, where are you from yeah. originally?
1: I'm from Houston, which is where I am now. Um, but yeah, no, I lived in Austin for eleven years, twelve years, something like that, because I went to undergrad, um, tilled out for a couple of years and then <laughs> went to grad school there. So, um, so yeah, I definitely feel like Austin is growing and especially as far as like the technology and, um, you know, Capital Factory is there and has just been such a great resource for us. And really that place changed my life. Like I just, I feel like I'm a completely different person coming out of, um, you know, being in Austin for 12 years. It just really chilled me out, I think. <laughs> because in houston we're a little aggressive i think um <laughs> it's like any other big city right and i grew up in the shadow of downtown so um i'm not talking about the suburbs i grew up in houston
0: oh neat oh okay well yeah, um, uh, yeah we actually we had a team from Bed Tech down at uh south by southwest a few weeks ago nice. um yeah i really enjoyed that a lot it was a, it's an amazing gas city and just um yeah great startup scene and after so, so when you're you're doing a PhD in neuroscience. That's, that's incredible. You know, um, did did you feel like when you were going through your grad degree that you had an interest in entrepreneurship or when, when did that bug sort of bite you um, to want to, you know, think about this?
1: Yeah. You know what? No, I don't think I was interested in entrepreneurship at all because I was a scientist. Right. And that's definitely not our training like whatsoever. And, I think I told you before we started recording that like a lot of times what we're interested in is just, okay, what's the newest technology? What can we, what can we make? What can we do? How can we write a paper? Um, which is completely different from commercializing anything. But I think that as I went further into my scientific career and, you know, I earned my doctorate way back in 2011. Right. Um, but I was in a a lot of different, um, fields and just kind of, (laughs) any spot that I landed in, I was like, okay, yeah, what does our funding look like? Like, how is this feasible? How long are you going to be able to continue to do this? And I think some of that goes back to like, when I was a grad student, because we didn't really have much funding. And it made things very difficult. Like it was hard to innovate that way. Um, And so, so yeah, I think that's where it started. And then when I started doing consulting, I was like, oh, okay, there's there's definitely something to this, right? Like there's definitely something to this marketing to where, you know, folks know what my capabilities are um, and, you know, then price follows and all of that other kind of thing. So I think that's when it began.
0: Well, say I think it's it's always an amazing way to start, right? Like if you're selling consulting services, regardless of whatever that is, it kind of gets you introduced to the basic, you know, <laughs> fundamentals of the business, right? Of how do you price something? How do you how do you operate and deliver, you know, how, What is that,
1: um, Contracts.
0: So, so yeah. Yeah. The yeah. taxes work, you know, for a business. I mean, there's just, there's a lot of, I wouldn't say fun stuff, but there's a lot of stuff that you like.
1: <laughs> Yeah. I wouldn't say fun stuff either, <laughs> but it is, it is, it's definitely a learning process. And I think it's really funny because, you know, I was kind of not really considering myself a business person at that point. Um, but when I started Rice's MB. Program, I kind of was just like, Oh yeah. When we got into, um, you know, legal business issues, I was like, Oh yeah. I'm like, Oh, I would never sign that contract. Are you, that's ridiculous. <laughs> you know? And I, I just knew that because of what I had already, you know, kind of developed as a consultant.
0: What episode, how's that experience? So, um, did you just, did you graduate just recently or you're and you're coming up soon from Rice? From
1: up, Yeah, it's coming up really, really soon. So um, I am now just taking electives. And uh, what is really, really cool is I've gotten to the part of the program where I can do labs, where we're working literally on my business, right? On the business cool. that uh, I've developed. Yeah, so that is really, really cool. Um, this quadmester, I think I'm doing, well, I am doing, um, kind of more startup stuff. Uh, and then in the next one, I will be doing like marketing specifically, like for my company. So um, with the help of Rice, it is just amazing. And especially with all of the background knowledge that they've given to me, like just it's been awesome.
0: Yeah, well, it's, it's so I, I started um, a robotics company when I was in business school and it was definitely cool. interesting to go through and and, you know, be learning, uh, about things in classes, and then and then obviously applying them really quickly, and you know in, into the real yeah. um, and and also I I just remember really valuing the uh being able to talk about stuff with professors, right? I mean, some of the professors that you have access to as a student, you know, are are probably charging you know eight hundred dollars an hour as consultants to corporate America, but you sort of you get that ability to have those interactions, you know, so just cool, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. I really enjoyed that. And it it kind of double work, right? Because you're in the cases and then you're kind of like, well, okay, how does this apply to what I'm doing and applying it? But you're right. I have at any point, like access to a lot of professors that um, they charge a a lot of money um, (laughs) to consult, but I get to just say, well, okay, in my experience, this, that, and that, what do you think? So it's been really
0: that, yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, and I think just just starting companies kind of out of the university ecosystems, and obviously Rice is famous for its entrepreneurship uh, programming. So
1: definitely, um, you're,
0: you're in a great place. But there's just such a kind of wonderful support system, and so many people that want you know startups that are founded on campus to be successful. That uh, totally encourage yeah, folks to to find your local university and, and get involved. Um, well, this is Absolutely. great. Absolutely, Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks, uh, Dr. Uh, Crystal. Yeah. So this is amazing. Um and, and uh tell us uh, just the, the uh, do you have a website for the company or any place that people can follow you online?
1: Uh yeah. So hit me up on my LinkedIn. Um we do have a website, but I'm redoing it right now. So <laughs> um yep, generally so- it's HeliTech.com. Um, but right now I'm working on the marketing part, like I said. Um, but we have a LinkedIn also for Heli Tech, And uh, you can look at my LinkedIn, which is Dr. Chris Bastida, And I'm talking about, you know, startups and all that kind of stuff all the time. And on the Healy Tech side, of course, we're talking about technology. So if you're interested in space technology, DOD tech, and just really cool self-healing material applications, definitely look for us there. Whoa, there's the storm that I was telling you about. It's storming here in Houston.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll call it a, a podcast before you you lose power or anything. That sounded uh, nasty, but <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Really. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for doing the work you do. It's it's really you know our entrepreneurs that that make Fed Tech uh, successful, and we're so happy to see that you um, have continued the journey and started a company and licensed. And we're behind you every step of the way. So, Doctor Cristelia, thank you, and we'll we'll be in touch uh, shortly.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. So nice to meet you.
0: Yeah, likewise.
1: Take care. Bye.